Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, watch this now, every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he had sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. God is telling us something here through the author that we, whenever we feel weary, whenever we feel tired, whenever uh, we feel like, why am I going? And it's the same thing over and over and I'm not making any headway. Whatever it may be, this job, this relationship, this church, whatever it is in your life, my class, uh, whatever it may be, uh, God is telling us here something in Hebrews. He said, consider Jesus. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners. He endured it. They were against him, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So be encouraged, be encouraged, he's telling us. This Greek word for perseverance is a word called hupomone, hupomone. You don't have to write that down or remember it. I just like saying it, hupomone. This word is, is used 32 times in the New Testament. It's translated patience or patience continuance okay it's translated enduring patient waiting with action sounds like an oxymoron doesn't it waiting with action but I always go back to the uh, example that you all I'm sure have heard so many times before you go to a restaurant and there's a servant that waits on you but the, the person just doesn't sit down in the corner no they're active and so when we wait on God we're also active it's the concept of remaining or abiding in a certain place with movement, with action. We're talking this morning about persevering. It's a persevering word. This word is a word that means to remain in a place despite of opposition. Doesn't mean to be still, but it means to hold on to what you know, despite what comes against you, to hold out, to stand fast, to abide in something that you believe in, to keep something, to keep your beliefs, to keep your values, to have courageous endurance, to stand your ground in the midst of everything that would come against you. This concept in the Greek, uh, it really, it, it means to stand strong, to hold up under, to hold out. That means that something is coming against you and you're standing despite what it is that's coming against you. Make no mistake about it. Something is going to come against you. But you're able to stand. You're able to persevere. You're able to move forward. You're able not to look to the left or the right and be uh, discouraged or be distracted. Why? Because you have the expectation that God will give you the strength. You don't just have a frivolous, blind faith hope. Your hope and your faith is in a God that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt gives you strength. 
You, your hope is in a God that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, he will give you the courage. Because if God be for me, come on, who can be against me? Who can be against me? I wish we really believed that. I, I mean, I wish we did more than say it. I'm talking about myself. I wish, I wish I did more than just say, if God is for me, who can be against me? I wish I believed it in the depths of my spirit and the depths of my heart. Because if I really did, why would I ever worry? Why would there ever be anxiety, worry, or fear? I would take Paul's encouragement to heart that he, when he said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, everything, every, everything, good things and bad, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests be made. So when I go to God, I'm not just complaining. Lord, I don't know. I need more money. My tuition is due. My rent is due. My house payment is due. The bills are due. I need more money. God, help me. This situation is bad. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Uh, my apartment, my, my job, whatever it may be. And we just go and we lay out all of those things. They're called supplications. We go before him and we, we give him all of our supplications. But if we remember that Paul said with thanksgiving, come on somebody. When we supplicate with thanksgiving, you, are, you have to understand that when you come with thanksgiving, that means you're coming with faith. Because if I'm already thanking you, I must already believe that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. We have to believe that God is. He hears our prayers. And if he hears us, he will answer us. We must believe. Imagine is not an impossible word. Imagine is a possible word. But one of the things that trips us up is things don't happen overnight for us. I imagine it. It should just appear. <laughs> Sometimes that may. Listen. Hey, listen. There's plenty of suddenlies in the Bible. Jesus got on the boat and suddenly. I'm not coming against suddenlies. But I'm just telling you that there's a process that God takes us through and it's for our own good because God is interested in growing us. God is interested in us having a life, not a life. Listen, listen, <laughs> don't shout me down. Don't come against me when I say this. I love miracles, but I really believe that it is not God's number one desire that we have a life filled with miracles. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. I love miracles, and, and God performs miracles. God, to me, is a miracle. I mean, as far as I know, I mean, to him, he's not. He's just him. But looking with my natural eyes, just believing in God, that's a miracle because I can't see him, right? And so, uh, yes, I love miracles. I mean, when we're down and out, we talked about our brother that's in the hospital and, you know, I'm naming all of these things, and everybody's going, oh, my, wow, really? Oh, my God. And, you know, we want God to perform a miracle. But can I just tell you this morning that God, as God is a spiritual being and God is a spiritual God, God is a miracle God, I want to tell you this morning that God is also a practical God. God said, let there be light and there was light. As spiritual as you think that is, it's very practical. God said, let grass grow and, it, and it's still growing. It just keeps on going. We talked about this before. You plant a seed in the ground, you water it, get a little sunlight. You don't have to pray. You don't have to intercede. You don't have to go into the recesses of your closet. It's going to grow because God spoke it at the beginning of the world. Seeds planted that get good sunlight and water, they grow. God wants you to live a life like that. 
where you get to the point that you understand that every day, every breath is a miracle. Every moment is a miracle because the just walk by faith, not by sight. The just live, move, and have their being by faith. In fact, you can't even please God without faith. God wants us, that's what he's talking about when he says, I want you to live a life of faith. He's not saying people are not going to talk about you. That's the way that we'll suffer, is people are going to talk about us. We're going to be offended. The enemy is going to throw things in our path. We're going to walk through the storm, but we're going to walk through the storm. Come on. We're going to have to walk through the storm, but we're going to walk through the storm. Depends on what you emphasize. What are you thinking about? Are your thoughts on negative things? Are you thinking about the positive things? Are you thinking about the storm? Or are you thinking about walking through the storm? Same sentence. But what are you thinking about? Change your mind from the storm to walking through. Come on. Storm is still there, but you're walking through. Imagine is a perseverance word. We have battles in life, but God is telling you, you can hold up. I've given you everything you need. When I poured my spirit out and filled you with my spirit, I've given you everything you need to move forward. And I think that one of the things is, it's a, it's a heart issue for us. This perseverance is a heart issue. You know what I believe that why some people give up so quickly? I believe sometimes people give up on their dream, they give up on life, they give up on things that they want to try, uh, they, they give up on it so quickly because you have no imagination. You have no imagination. You ever heard somebody say that? You have no imagination. You want to know why a child will try something 27 times? Because they have an imagination. They'll just keep doing it. They have an imagination. And I really believe, I used to think that this word imagination well, it was just a children's word. It's just for children. But I believe, here, and here's why it's so easy for children, is because they have not been, uh, you know, offended. They, they, have, they have not, uh, you know, been contaminated uh, by the world uh, and all of those things. So they still have their imagination. What happened to us? What happened to us that we don't have an imagination? God has an imagination. What, what happened to us? Well, we know what happened to us. But, we, but the good news is, if we allow him to, God will fix all of that. God, let him set up a construction site in your spirit, in your soul. Let him set it up. He'll come in with a hard hat and all of his tools, tool belt on. He starts throwing stuff out, and you're going, it's going to hurt because you think, I need that. Well, no. Oh, you threw it out. Yeah, you didn't need it. You didn't need it. It was all right. You, didn't, you, you thought you needed it. You didn't need it. <laughs> he starts throwing stuff out, he start, and all of a sudden, now you're empty. So for a moment, you're like, well, I don't know what to do. That's a great spot to be in. Because now he can pour into you. Now let me fill you up with God thoughts. Let me fill you up with faith thoughts. Let me fill you. Let me give you my imagination, God is telling us. Let me give it to you. And when you get that imagination, now you can move forward through anything. Now you can be entrenched. Now you can have the brave patience, which lets nothing which is adverse force you to give it up. I won't give it up. There are certain things that I won't give up. And when you have an imagination, you can choose the imperishable. You can see the invisible and you can do the impossible. I'm going to say that again. When you have an imagination, you can choose the imperishable. Come on. You can see the impossible. 
You can see the invisible and you can do the impossible. You can do it when you have an imagination. Allow God to give you an imagination. The dictionary would define imagination this way, or actually uh, perseverance this way. It, it, the dictionary would say it means to persist, and it, it really relates to business uh, as the dictionary define it, defines it. If you have an enterprise or something and you keep going, they tell you in business, if you start a business in the first five years, I don't want to uh, be a Debbie Downer, uh, we're Sister Cheryl, but you know, they tell you in the first five years, uh, you know, you don't make money, you don't profit, that's what they tell you. Now, with God, all things are possible, so I don't know. It all depends on what your confession is, but uh, that's usually what happens in business. So they tell you, you have to persist. Dictionary would say it means to pursue steadily any design. Now watch this, or course once you've begun. To persist means once you've begun a course of action, you continue on that course of action. Don't go so far and stop. Go so far and stop. Go so far and stop. What happened? What happened to us? The dictionary would say it means to be steadfast in purpose. Sometimes we give up because we really don't have a purpose. Well, why'd you start that? I don't know. I just felt like it was something to do. Well, I, you know, I don't know how long it's going to last. <laughs> you don't really have a, you don't have to have a purpose. You don't have a passion for it. Let God give you that imagination and that passion. It means to continue in a given course despite difficulties and obstacles. Now, we've heard stories of people who are examples, like Thomas Edison. I'm sure most of you have heard uh, about all of his failures. Come on. He conducted some 18,000 experiments before the one that he wanted and he pursued happened. Before he reached his goal, 18,000. How many people would try something 18 times, much less 18,000 times before it worked? You think he had a mission? You think he had an imagination? Oh, he had to see it. He had to see it. We've heard about Dr. Jonas Salk, some of us. He was a famous doctor who discovered the polio vaccine. Now you know who I'm talking about. He worked many long years with many, many failures before he finally succeeded. Think about this today. Where would we be? Polio is something we don't even think about. You know what comes to mind when I think of polio is uh, one of our former presidents, right? Way back in World War II. That's what I think about when I think about uh, polio. And we don't even think about it. Where would we be if he would have given up after so many failures? Where would we be? Where would we be? You've heard of Abraham Lincoln. I know you've heard of all of his business endeavors and how he failed in business, right? That's been preached. That's been read about. We know all about that. Did you know also that he failed six times running for office before he became one of our nation's most famous and well-known presidents? So not only his business endeavors failed, but he ran for office and failed, ran again and didn't get elected, ran again and got shot down. He tried another time and he didn't get elected. He said, I'm going to go again and they, he failed. And then he said, I'm going to try one more time and they still didn't elect him. Six times. I think maybe after two or three, I'd say, well, I guess they don't want me. I mean, that would be the logical conclusion to me if I ran for Senate. And I, or I ran for Congress and I didn't get elected the first time, I'd say, well, I guess that failed. And I'd wait, maybe try one more time. This guy tried seven times. Seven times. A righteous man will fall down, but he will get back up. What about you? What about you? Come on. But there are threats. 
here's where it is. There are threats to our perseverance. There are reasons because most of us are not children anymore with that kind of childlike imagination. And because of that, we've lived life. And because of that, there are things that have come against us. There are things that have taken root and taken seed in our minds and in our soul and in our spirit that really prevent us from persevering and reaching our goal. What are those? Let me throw them at you. We have the threat of unconquered and insignificant sins. We feel like they're insignificant. This, this, this passage of scripture in Hebrew is interesting to me because uh, I, I, when I quote it or when I think about the passage, I think, uh, let us lay aside every weight and those sins, uh, those sins that so easily beset us. And so immediately I just think about sins, you know, what uh, bad attitude, lying, whatever it might be, uh, you know, that, that came across my path. I need to set all those things down. But how many know that it's not always sins that trip us up? Every weight is not a sin. But the writer said, lay aside every weight. A weight is anything that holds you back or holds you down. What about that relationship? I'm not telling you that you shouldn't love people. We know that. We know that. But when you're giving yourself to an improper relationship, come on somebody. And God is telling you, I've got something more for you, but I need you to focus. And let me worry about your heart. Let me worry about your heart. But a heart is ours, so I got this. I need you to do it. I need you to provide the money. I need you to provide all the other things, but the heart, let me worry about that. And he's saying, I can't do that. You want to know why? Because your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. That's scripture. That's scripture. That's scripture. Come on. So that's why David said, give me a new heart. Give me a new, give me your heart. Guess what? We have vain imaginations. We have vain imaginations. But if we would take our imaginations and submit them to Christ, bring them into the obedience of Christ, every thought, every thought, bring it to the obedience of Christ. If we would do that, that our, we would still have imaginations, but they wouldn't be vain imaginations. They would be God thoughts. And we, if we did that, we'd be able to persevere. But little insignificant things in our life, uh, we, you know, they, we allow those things to trip us up. Little offenses, little, little things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Come on, Ecclesiastes, little foxes that spoil the vine. What about the threat of undefined goals and purposes? You know, sometimes we, we, we have an imagination because, as I said before, uh, you know, I, I have a book at home that has um, all of Martin Luther King Jr.'s speeches in it. It's great. And when I read it, it's so funny because when I read it, I actually imagine him, you know, I'm like reading it in his voice. You know, I have a, I can't speak like he, you know. Right? That's, I, you ever done that? I hear his voice in my mind, you know, and I see that. And uh, he didn't say I have a strategic plan to heal the nation. He said, I have a dream. He said, I have a dream that one day, I have a dream that one day, I have a dream that one day, we're going to have to pursue it. We're going to have to be persistent. We're going to have to be persistent. Come on. We are going to have to persevere through this thing. But even with, once you get your dream, once you get that God thought and imagination, now God is going to have you start laying out things. 
Let's, let's meet some goals. If, you, if that's all you see and that's all you are, and you, ne- you may never get there. Why? Because it's, you, you don't re- it's a 10-year plan. You don't realize that. So you got to have some goals and some purposes along the way. It's not have. A long-distance runner must have a, a goal, a set goal, a mark to hit. How close are you? How are you holding up? You ever driven on a long trip? And your kids say, are, you, are we there yet? Are we there? Or maybe you're the person like me. I'm the one. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I'm talking to myself. Am I there yet? Am I there yet? Am I there yet? Am I there yet? Will you be quiet? <laughs> I'm talking to myself. Am I there yet? But one of the things I do on long trips is I set marks. Oh, I'm to this small town. I'm to this city. This is the thing that I've seen before. You set goals. That helps you get to where you need to go. Right? And so let's not have undefined goals and purposes. What about deadly distractions? Oh, we let things distract us so much. We let things distract. I mean, I'm telling you, I could be going through a day and everything is good. I got up feeling good. I actually went to the gym today. You know, I did that this morning. I mean, I'm, I'm being faithful to my Cheeto diet. I mean, my, my keto diet. And uh, where's Brother Ray? I knew I was going to use that. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's actually not mine. It's Brother Rhett. So, uh, you know, I did all of that and I'm going through my day and uh, somebody cuts me off in traffic or somebody says something. It changes my whole attitude. I can't believe that. It changes my whole mind frame. Why do we let these things? Dist- Don't you know the enemy will just throw stuff at you all the time to distract you? You got up on the right side of the bed. You just don't think you did, but you did. Don't let the enemy distract you. The threat of losing motivation. Let's not, listen, don't let motivation be the only factor for you hitting your goal. Because I can tell you this, every day you're not going to be motivated to move forward. I'm just saying, in your flesh, in your flesh. But we've got to keep going no matter what. I can tell you, I'm not motivated every day to go to the gym. I'm not motivated, in the, I'm motivated the night before when I eat. When I ate dinner, I'm, re- I'm really motivated. Oh, okay, you know what, all right. Man, all right, tomorrow I went to the church picnic, and uh, but tomorrow, oh, yes, I, I can see it in my mind. I'm seeing it. I'm doing those things that that guy told me to do. I'm doing all stuff Carrie told me. I can see it in my mind. And I get up that morning, I'm like, man, I really don't feel like. <laughs> see, I know, Carrie, you don't know what that's like, but, you know, <laughs> I'm just teasing you. But don't let, don't you, but you go anyway. Don't let the lack of motivation hold you up. What about the threat also of becoming weary? The threat of becoming tired. You're going to get tired. Jesus got tired. What if Jesus said, I'm tired and I'm not praying for y'all today. I'm not doing any miracles today. No signs. No wonders. If you're hungry, you just got to fast. Wait till tomorrow. If you you got some demons, just deal with them demons and tomorrow because I'm tired. What if he said that? Right? You shouldn't say it to yourself because you're not hurting anyone but yourself when you say that. I'm so tired, I'm not going to do it. The threat of wrong focus. We focus, this, this, all of this goes together. We, we, we get distracted and then we begin to focus on the distraction. Sometimes we get distracted and it's like, okay, you know what, I got distracted, but I'm going to get back on track. But you know what we do? Instead of getting back on track, we, we're going along, we get distracted. Okay, see, now, and then we're over here. Wrong focus. Wrong focus. Stay focused. What about the threat of reacting against God-sent correction? Ooh, I know. I don't want to spend too much time on that one. 
Mm. Because God will send some, listen, God's still a father. I, I'm, I, and I'm the one that, I, listen, I wrote the book, Loving Jesus, Transforming Lives. I understand the love of Christ. I understand that, uh, you know, his love, he is love and his love is awesome and we can't comprehend it and we can't understand it. And I'm saying to you that because of that, he is a father and he will correct you because of his love. He will do it. So God sent correction we must not turn our back on. We must not be discouraged. There's a threat of discouragement that comes against us. Don't be discouraged. I know it's easy. Listen, it's easy for someone else to tell you don't be discouraged when they're not in your situation. So you know what? You tell yourself. You tell yourself. I mean, I know Dorothy told me. I know Dorothy. You're right. Jody told me. I know Jody. Yeah, I know Brother James. You don't understand, Randy, because you're not in my situation. But thank you very much for telling me that. You know what? Tell yourself. Look in the mirror and say, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. You talk to yourself. Don't get discouraged. I will move forward despite all that's coming against me. There's a threat of bitterness and we, and that weakens us. A threat of bitterness. And it, it really weakens our spirit. This goes back to things that happened 10 years ago. And you never dealt with it. But all of a sudden, you, you're talking to that person. And all of a sudden, some reason, it comes up in your mind. Why are you treating me this way today? Oh, it was June 1985. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, uh, I remember. <laughs> yeah, you, you stole, my, you stole my, my book, and you never returned it, and you gave it to someone else. I remember August 14th. Yeah. Who holds on to stuff like that? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. <laughs> But we really just hurt ourselves when we do those type of things. The threat of <laughs> immorality, uh, I, and I, I think of this, you know, that loses our birthright is, is what, what came to mind. But, uh, you know, when you, when you have the threat of doing something wrong, somebody really gets on your nerves, and you, you know, or it might be, you know, telling a lie or whatever it might be when you get put in those situations. Those things hinder us from persevering. They're distractions. They're distractions. And we think, oh, a lie. It's so evil. You know what it is? It's a distraction. It's a distraction. Just stay truthful. Stay honest. Think on those things. Is there any honesty? I know that's not the word in that passage of Scripture, but uh, is, is, there, is there any virtue? Think on these things. Focus on those things. Think about people like David, uh, who, you know, David did a lot of things wrong, but his heart was for God. His heart was for God. I came across a man, Shama, and, and this man was one of David's mighty men. And the Bible said that, well, I'll just read 2 Samuel 23. It says, and after him, they're talking about David's mighty men. And after the one they just named was Shama. He was another mighty man, the son of A.G., the Herite. And the Philistines, the Philistines gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, but he, talking about Shammah, stationed himself in the middle of the, in the middle of all of it, in the middle of the field. He defended it and killed the Philistines, so the Lord brought about a great victory. How many love to be in the middle of controversy? Not me. I'm the one, uh, you know, there's family issues I don't even deal with. I'm just like, look, y'all, my grandmother used to have a phrase, and I love this phrase. You know, she'd listen to us for a while. We'd be fighting and fussing. And Michelle, she did this and Carrie did that and so and so. And, you know, she said, well, you know what? Y'all ain't going to worry me. As my grandmother. She said, y'all ain't going to worry me. And she'd go in the kitchen and make her something to eat. You know, I can't believe it, Grandma. We just told you what's going on. Well, y'all ain't going to worry. Y'all work it out. Y'all ain't going to worry me. <laughs> you know, 
But Shammah was right there in the middle of all of it. He said, I'm going to stand right in the middle of this. I am going to fight. Who is willing to stand and fight? Who's willing to stand and fight? We know Paul was that way because he said, I fought the good fight. I fought the good fight of faith. How many know that faith is a fight? It is a fight because you have to confess every day in the midst of things coming against you. And we know about Job. We know about Job. Here's some confessions of perseverance. I want to end with this. I want you to repeat these confessions with me. Just three short confessions from perseverers. How many perseverers we have? How many would just say to themselves, I'm a perseverer? Even if I might not have done it before, but I'm still, I'm going to claim, right, that I'm, 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 a I'm one who perseveres. I'm one who perseveres. Say this with me. I commit to reaching a goal even in times of pressure. All right? I commit to reaching the goal even in times of pressure. Second one, I will unite with those of like mind to withstand destructive influence. Right, so no matter what comes against you, uh, I was at a meeting yesterday. And uh, one of the things that we talked about at the meeting, I gave a little devotion and one of the brothers said, you know what, you just reminded me of something, how iron sharpens iron. When we want to complain and all that, but when we get together, we encourage each other. Unite with those who have a like mind. That's what that means. And that way you'll be able to withstand. And the last one, I set aside privileges that weaken my stand or my strength. I want you to take an inventory of your life. What do you do on a daily basis? What do you think about? That's what I'm big on right now. What are you thinking about every day? What thoughts come across your mind? Take an inventory of your daily life and then begin to identify those things that are weights that we need to lay aside. What things in your everyday life are weights that we just need to lay aside? Amen.